0: Hi, this is David Olafsky. Welcome to the David Olafsky Show. And whether you're listening until any time or wherever you listen or watch your podcast, we're happy to have you along for part three in our series on dating and marriage. Um, I have to give a warning label at the beginning. Um, We're going to be discussing things that are not appropriate for younger children, I know I have a strong following in the elementary school crowd. Uh, I urge uh, you to uh, turn this one off and watch another one, an old one. Uh, we're going to be dealing with issues that are perhaps a little more sensitive. And uh, I can just urge you, please, um, this, is, uh, this is not meant for, uh, for a younger age group. Uh, but it's such an important issue that I feel it needs to be dealt with. And if we've established one thing, it's that I try to deal with issues that need to be dealt with. Do I run the risk of uh, of um, uh, dealing with subjects that are sensitive? Yes. Yes, I do. But it's something that has to be done. And... Uh, This is a topic that is so essential, especially when we're going to be talking about marriage. We're going to talk about it more in the context of marriage later on, but I want to talk more right now about the subject of dating. We're talking about relationship, and we're talking about a relationship between a man and woman. That's what we spoke about last week. There's a difference between men and women. And we're talking about the relationship between men and women. The Torah recognizes two levels of relationship between men and women and these are the only two relationships that it recognizes. One is called marriage and the other one is called znus which means immorality. There's nothing in between. Um, I know there is a concept that I can be friends member of the opposite gender, the Torah philosophy is that is impossible. Impossible. So I, I want to read your tshuva from Rav Moshe Feinstein. It's a pretty famous one. It's in Chelek Zayim. Eben HaEzer, Simon Samach. And this is the shayla that the young man wrote to him. Hinei be dava b'chor echad shair liyomim, a young man. Asher lo shayach adayin liyonei shiduchin, he's not ready to get married. Vegam enochosev klal bedaven yisuin, he's not in shiduchin, he's not ready to get married. Sitoy libo lavai be kisrei reus. And his heart is uh, moving him to have a friendship, to have a, a friendly connection with a young girl. She's also not ready for Shiduchim, and she's also not interested in getting married. The kevin Dahem Nizharim, the yichud Since they're not going to be alone together in a room, which is an isra of yichud, so uh, there shouldn't be any isra in just having a friendship with a girl. shavada um, Okay, it's not nice. You could argue it's it's nice. yeah. Uh, I'm not interested in being so from. I don't want to be such a tsunuah. I don't want to be such a tsunuah. I just want. Yeah. <laughs> he writes to Rabmaisha. I don't want to hear any musa out of you. <laughs> I don't want you to hear me. You know, and he tell you, put me in my place. Ela keshishma mimenu she'iser hadava al pi halocha psuka. Yeah, I just want to know. Lamaisa halocha, is it mutter or asum? The imkain muchrach ani takef laheshev shari nogeyah lamaisa And I have to answer right away because it's halocha lamaisa. Wow, master of motion says, listen. I don't want any musa. I, <laughs> I don't want any August Don't tell me anything about uh, you know, just lamaisa. mutter or for a boy and a girl to have a relationship? That's not marriage. not for marriage. It's a very long shuba. Ah, I said very long. It's uh, one, three, a little more than three, about three columns. And he goes through it. And he says, clearly, it's awesome. Halacha Pesuka. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not giving you any Musa. Halacha Pesuka. And he brings an to Rabbi nason that is just absolutely fascinating. And he says um, that a person might think that it's okay to hug or kiss or touch or talk. And there's no hate. So brings a pasik. Yeah, not allowed to. So Cesar Meisha, you see that talking is inside of the geder of uh, of intimacy. So this is what I want to talk about. I want to talk about the idea of having friendships with people who are members of the opposite gender. Right now. uh, I'm I'm not getting into uh, social interactions, you know, and uh, those sort of things. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about forming a relationship. And this is so important. I just this week got an email from somebody, asked me, please don't give too much uh, details. But she's holding a shiduchim, and she's working in a place, and there's a young man working in the place, and I have, uh, you know, we talk, and he's so easy to talk to, and uh, should I just let things take their course and see what happens? See what happens. So uh, uh, that's what I was is talking about. He's just a friend, just a friend. Now, uh, close to thirty years ago, I spoke in a seminary. They asked me to speak on this topic. I was younger then. Yeah, perhaps I didn't. I don't say things as carefully as I do today, which gives you an idea how incredibly outrageous it is. I'm sure that share is online someplace people could find it. It was called Platonic Relationships, uh, which is what I was asked to speak about. I spoke about this in the seminary. And at the time I was teaching in a boys' issue. I come in the next morning and they say to me, Hey, I heard you gave a share in, in, in the seminary about Platonic relationships yesterday. <laughs> and I said, How do you know? He says, I already have a copy of the tape. <laughs> By the end of the week, Almost every yeshiva and seminary that was English-speaking in Yerushalayim had a copy of the tape. It it went all over the place. And uh, obviously, I did not prepare for it. I I walked in the door. I asked one question to the madricha who was in charge. I said, do I have to behave myself? She said, no, just be yourself. (laughs) And I spoke very straight. That was almost 30 years ago. I am not exaggerating if I tell you I have met or spoken to or received letters from hundreds of people who told me that they ended these relationships because of that shit. In fact, I remember one time I saw these three girls, and uh, one says, You know, I heard your tape, and I ended this relationship I had with this boy. The second girl says, I. I also heard the tape, and I also ended a relationship I had with a boy. And the third girl opens her purse and takes out the cassette. And she says, my mother makes me take this with me wherever I go. I said, well, what do you think? She says, I never listened to it. I said, really? She says, I'm afraid that if I do, I will um, end up having to change my life, and I don't want to. Because there is an attitude that um, we can have relationships. Listen, <laughs> the pendulum is swinging the other way. Yeah, But Mike Pence, when he became vice president four years ago, said, I don't go out to dinner with uh, a woman unless my wife is there. And he was ripped up and down. Then the Me Too movement started about women who said, men have been taking advantage of us, and suddenly people who don't have relationships with women, unsupervised, suddenly they're looked at completely differently, except for my pet, <laughs> He's part of the Trump administration, so he's gotta be a Nazi, but, uh, You know, but there's there's this one particular actor who, you know, was taking a picture and he wouldn't touch the girls on either side. And everyone says, wow, such a tzaddik, such a wonderful fellow. (laughs) Now, let's understand what we're talking about. I'm a guy or a girl. I have a relationship with a member of the opposite gender. We're just friends. Marriage is off the table. We don't plan on getting married but i develop because as the Ovest Rabbi Nelson says talking is intimate there's a, a gamarxuvis where it talks about uh this woman who we suspect of having had relations and the and the way it's described is ra'uha midaberas. you saw them talking and they weren't talking, but dibur is a relationship. Yeah, amira, right? Hashara mamoros, Kosheh who created the world with ten amiras to be to say something. MR, that you can that you can uh, say even if nobody's particularly listening. But dibur is a relationship between two people. I'm speaking and you're being macabre. Otherwise, it's not a dibor. And dibor, and that's why it's interesting that Rashi says, dibor is a lush and kosher, whereas amira is a lush and racha. Why, it's soft, because I don't care if you're listening or not. I always say, the easiest people to deal with are people who don't care what you think. I love it when I have to deal with those kind of people in my life. Because it doesn't matter what I say. And that's why you have these people come over and ask you your opinion. What do you think about this? And I just right away say, "Mm, what do you think? (laughs) And they're more than happy to tell me what they think. There is a concept in Judaism called the Tinus Debor. Instead of fasting by not uh, eating anything, you fast by not speaking. Right? Rather than worrying so much about what goes into your mouth, you're more concerned about what comes out of your mouth. It's called a tiny d So a guy had made a tiny d and he couldn't talk. And a guy came over and said, listen, I got to talk to you. I have a big problem. And the guy talked for 35 minutes straight. And the guy didn't say a word. Because he he couldn't. And at the end, the the guy thanked him. It was one of the best conversations I ever had. (laughs) Those people are really easy to deal with. Yeah. I was working someplace once and a guy uh, began a campaign against me to destroy me so he could get me fired and take my job, which happened. He was successful. (laughs) That was Yad Hashem, obviously. But, you know, the guy told somebody, uh, Lasky doesn't even know all the tricks I played on him. (laughs) But I saw through it immediately. And I told him right at the start, you think I don't know what you're doing? You're trying to discredit me and get me fired and take my job. He says, I don't know why you're saying this. So he asked to meet with me. Sure. Three hours we met. Three hours. And the theme of his conversation was communication. We need to work on our communication. Now, you probably have picked up already from watching this podcast that I have a somewhat little twisted sense of humor. I did not say a word for three hours. He lectured me for three hours straight about the importance of communication. (laughs) And he had notes. He says, this is what I think. This is what you think. He had it all written out. I didn't have to say a word as he lectured me on the importance of communication. (laughs) But Debor is a relationship. There's there's two people. There's a give and take. So if I'm going to establish a relationship with somebody through speech, that has the power of a physical relationship. That's what Reb Moshe says. The obvious, Rebbe is teaching us. Now think for like a second. Right, you're a young lady, you're studying shiduchim, and there's a young man that you have a relationship with for two years, and you open up your heart and you talk to him, and you discuss things with him, and he really gets you, and he's very supportive. And now you go out with some guy. This guy is two years behind. You have a relationship with this other guy for two years. Yeah, this, this this relationship is two years behind. How could some guy who you meet in a hotel lounge over a Diet Sprite, how do they possibly have the chance of competing with some guys you had a relationship with for two years. It's a, it's a problem. There's another problem, and that is people are dishonest. Sometimes they're dishonest intentionally, sometimes they don't realize they're dishonest. Right? So a guy will tell me I have a relationship with a girl, but She's not interested in getting married. Not with me. There's nothing to talk about over there. So I said, let's say this girl wants to marry you and she knows you don't want to marry her. So do you think it might be in her best interest to keep this relationship going in the hope that you might change your mind? And if so, how would you ever know? Well, she'll tell me. Ah. Oh, the old honesty card. <laughs> Unfortunately, you know, people heard I gave this class to girls. And, uh, and uh, they said, well, what's the boys' version? I said, I couldn't make a whole, a whole share out of it. The boys' version is one minute. I, I say to a group of boys, you know you'll do anything to get what you want, right? And they all say, sure. (laughs) So let me tell you about the scuzziest guy I ever met in my life. Okay? Now, uh, to full disclosure, you know, he said that he was doing tshuva and that he was changing. So I, you know, I'm not God. I don't mean to judge anybody. I share with you the story as he said it to me. He was, um, in a, uh, uh, he was in a he was in a out of town community that had a base Yaakov, smaller than Brooklyn, uh, larger than Wilkesbury, Pennsylvania. Okay, so just to give you an idea, I think there were maybe sixty girls in the base Yaakov high school. I think I don't remember exactly. Something like this. And he said to me. That he was having a relationship with half of the girls in the school at the same time, and I said, basically High School, how, how do you do that?" He says, "It's not hard. You just have to get them over that initial hump where they think it's wrong to talk to boys. Once you can do that, then the rest is easy." So a girl who says, "I don't want to talk to you," so, yeah. It's it's, it's a problem. So you got to get over that. How do you do that? (laughs) The level of creativity boggles the mind. I had a girl in seminary who said to me, "Here's the story. The story is rich. There were these uh, two girls on a bus, and they were discussing a maharal that they had learned in class in seminary. And there was a yeshiva boy." sitting behind them, and he leaned over and said, there's not shot in the maharal. Now, if he would have said to them, you seem like very interesting and attractive young ladies, I would like to maybe develop a relationship, perhaps we could go out for coffee, they would have said, get away from me, you creep. (laughs) But he used a trick that no seminary girl could resist you don't know pshat the (laughs) ma'aral. So they start arguing with him, and he says, no, there's a gur ayeh." and Chumashit says, mama's not like that. So they argue back and forth, and he says, I'll find it for you. What's your number? So, okay, those who have the advantage of being outside looking in see exactly what's happening, but pshas ma'isa, this girl thinks to herself, I don't have shot in the Maharal. He's going to prove to me that I'm wrong. And I know I have the right shot because I heard it from Rabbi Hartman, you know? So, uh, fine. She gives him his number. He calls up and he says to read the Gurayay, and she has the Kasha on it, and they go back and forth. And he realized it was not a Kasha on her shot. And she was vindicated. Fine. He calls the next day, found another Maharal. <laughs> And they start talking about it and said, yeah, fine. Calls the third time and uh, he's just talking to her. And she's waiting for the Maharal. <laughs> and it's not coming. So uh, finally she says, uh, why, why are you calling? Because goes, oh, I'm sorry. I was just, you know, talking to her. Calls the fourth time and says like this. I spoke to the mashkiyach And I told him that I met this girl who I talked to in learning. And I get a tremendous secret from it. And it gives me a tremendous, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, it makes me more relaxed. I feel calm. I'm able to learn better. And he says to me that in that case, you should definitely keep talking to her. So I was just going, you know, if, you're, you know, if, if you don't have an objection. And that's when she came to meet with me. <laughs> she told me the story. And I said, dumb, dumb, dumb. <laughs> Go back to your original value. Girls don't talk to boys. Boys don't talk to girls unless you're getting married. This is an intimate relationship that's forming over here. He tricked you into it. Give me the number of the mashkiach. I want to call him up and speak to him to see what he told some yeshiva boy that he should call some seminary girl he met on a bus so they can have conversations. But so this guy says to me, he was in this town and he was going out with half the base Yaakov girls in the high school at the same time. He says, I just have to get them over that initial hump where they don't talk to boys. And he had a number of tricks to get them to start talking. And once they did, it's very emotionally fulfilling to have conversations with somebody. It's fun for a girl to talk to a boy, and it's fun for a boy to talk to a girl. They enjoy it. And the reason, says the others, the Rebbe is because it's an intimate action like hugging and kissing. So we're just talking. We're just talking. At one point, I don't know if it's still true. I I don't keep up with my statistics. I'm sorry to say. But one of the major reasons given for divorce was Facebook. Why? Because a husband or a wife on Facebook would find an old friend of the opposite gender, maybe an old flame, and they would start communicating. And before you know it, they have a relationship. And so there's a discussion in the psychological community of committing infidelity on the phone through conversations. We didn't do anything but I've become more emotionally attached to this person through the conversation, through the act of talking. That's just a reality. We're just friends. We're just friends. I mean, that's the Shaila that they asked of Maisha. We're just friends. And he comes out three different ways that it's awesome. This is a big problem. Because we live in a society where these things are encouraged. And you have married people who work in offices. And there are people of the opposite gender. They may spend more of their day talking with these people than they do their own spouses. And you know the problems that it causes? Tremendous problems. Why? Because the act of talking has the ability of forming that intimate bond. And so when a person thinks, you know, well, I'm, you know, they're just friends, it doesn't work that way. So this guy says to me, he goes, uh, I, you have to get them over that hump where they don't want to talk. And once they start talking, they want to talk to somebody who feels like they understand them. I told this story over in, in one of the yeshivas while I was teaching. And the guy started laughing. He says, of course, everyone knows that. Yeah. If you're just willing to listen to a girl, you know, talk, you know, then uh, you, you can move the relationship to any level that you want. Because... You know, uh, women want to have that intimate relationship. Guys don't need that as much. Guys don't talk as much. And we talked about this last week. You know, but, uh, but women love to be able to have somebody to talk to who's listening to them, paying attention to them, caring about them, interested in what they're going through. And when you form that emotional bond, so this is what the guy said to me. He says, you start talking, and then eventually you arrange to meet up someplace, and you start talking in person. And this is what he did. He goes, and then you sit back and let nature take its course. (laughs) After the conversation, I washed my hands. (laughs) I felt soiled from the experience. Yeah. Yeah. When you form an intimate relationship, the reality is that most people, most people, and I'm generalizing here because there's two types of people, those who generalize and those who don't. But most people want the relationship to move on to another level. So if I feel intimate with somebody, then I want to have physical contact with that person. It's just natural. I want to hold your hand. A bigger lie has never been said. (laughs) No guy wants to hold a girl's hand. It's just ridiculous. Obviously, the nature of men and women are that we're created to be able to have a total physical bond The Chazal, compare it to drinking salt water. It just makes you thirstier. It's just the reality. When a a person uh, goes into a relationship and I start forming this relationship. So, I'm generalizing. There are boys and girls who want to have a meaningful marriage. And the way to have a meaningful marriage is, one man and one woman. But if I've got three girls that I have a real close connection to, girls say, I know these guys that I have a really close connection to. I said, how do you think your husband's going to feel when You know, they call you and you just sit down and schmooze with them for forty minutes. So, well, no, when I get married, I'll break it off. I said, when you get married, you'll break it off? I thought these people are friends. I thought these people are so uh, connected to you. But you're just using them. And once you're done with them, you'll just dispose of them. You might find that it's a little harder than you imagined people who are in our lives. And like I say, there were people who broke off these relationships and then they met up again on social media and re-established the relationship. These things happen all the time. Anyone who thinks they don't are being naive. And then there are good boys and good girls who don't want anybody else in that relationship. Now. People are manipulative. We know this. Very often people want what they want. And I've had this situation where girls would have a relationship with a guy or vice versa. And they say, listen, I realize from a Torah point of view that this is wrong. And I can't have this relationship anymore. And they say, how can you do this to me? You're my friend. How can you leave me? And they come to me and they say, What do I do? I don't want to hurt them. So I said, You know, there's an expression. I think it's from Mothers Against Drunk Driving. I'm not sure exactly where it's from. Friends don't let friends drive drunk. If you're my friend, then you don't say to me, I want you to go against your religious values because otherwise it will hurt me. Can you imagine anything meaner or more selfish than that? I care about you so much that I want you to give up your religious values so that I can feel better. I'm going to talk about love, but you understand that's not love. When a person says, I love a hamburger, what they mean is, I love myself. So I want to eat the hamburger. If I love the hamburger, I would preserve the hamburger and do everything I could to protect it. When I say, I love hamburgers, what I mean is, I love myself. And so myself likes hamburgers, so I'm going to eat it, munchy, munchy. And in this case, the other person is just a hamburger. I enjoy talking to you and I will do whatever I can to keep this relationship going because it works well for me. Is it possible? Is it possible for a boy and a girl to meet, form a relationship, then get married? Absolutely. And we're going to talk about that. But you have to be clear and say And this is what I tell people who find themselves in these relationships that they did not expect to be in. And I said, if you never met this person and somebody read them to you as a shidduch and someone said, here's a suggestion of a person to go out with, would you go out with them? The answer very often is either no or silence. <laughs> so what does that mean? That means I'm settling for this person who I don't think is the best person for me because I already have a relationship. But what do I have a relationship with this person for? How did that happen? It's, uh, it's a scary thing. And, ladies, Let me address this to you. Life is not fair. I'm sorry. Life is not fair. People who are rich uh, have a lot of advantages over people who are poor. People who are handsome or beautiful have advantages over people who are beauty impaired. People who are strong, physically fit, Healthy, have advantages over weak, dumpy, sick people. <laughs> I don't want to go too into that because it's pretty clear which uh, which category I fit into. People who are very, very smart have advantages over people who are not. That's just how it is. Life's not fair. And one of the things that are not fair is the way that we treat in the Prum community, boys and girls. A boy can do every terrible thing. And then he goes off to Israel. He learns for three years and all is forgiven. A girl was once seen talking to a boy in a parking lot. That's it. Her life is over. She's never getting married. (laughs) Is it fair? No, it's not fair. How many times? I, 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 I don't know if it's 10. Maybe it's 10. I don't remember. But it's happened enough that that it raises concerns that a boy is going out with a girl, and the girl doesn't really feel comfortable about it, but he gets her involved in the relationship the way that boys can. And um, and uh, and then he goes off there. Israel, he starts to learn. He becomes from. And there was an understanding that they were going to get married. And then at some point, he. Calls her or texts her or Whatsapps sir, or sends a carrier pigeon and says, I'm sorry, I can't, I can't continue with this relationship. Now she sacrificed everything to go into this relationship. She didn't want to. And he says, Why? He says, Well, I can't marry you. You you talk to boys outside of Shidochum. He says, only you. I know, I know, but I want to find a nice girl who who never did any of those things. (laughs) Because people are hypocrites. It's just reality. I was once uh, talking to a co-ed group, and I was explaining what goes on inside of a man's head when he's dealing with a a young male and a young woman. The a guy says to me, come on, Rabbi, you had your fun. Give us a chance. I said, I got from a 12. I didn't have any fun. I don't owe you anything. And I've dealt with too many girls. Yeah. Who said to me, and I'm talking about intelligent girls. Who said to me. But, but he said he loved me, but he said he was going to marry you. But he said. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure he did. I'm not questioning that. But you have to ask yourself a question. Yeah. You have to ask yourself a question. What happens if he's not being honest with me? So there's a lot more to say on this subject. Like I say, I've dealt with this subject for years and years and years. And uh I can tell you that from personal observations, it's just gotten worse. It's just gotten worse. I'm a student of human behavior. I'm an observant Jew. And how many times have I seen a situation like a kosher pizza place where are these three girls at a table and these three guys at the table, and uh, you know, one of them comes over and makes a comment, you know, sends over a little note, everyone thinks it's very funny. That's the reality. There's a reason it's called fooling around. I was just fooling around. Yes, you were. You didn't realize the consequences of it. So, before we start talking about marriage, I'm talking about not marriage. (laughs) There's only two relationships. There's marriage and there's nus. And that's it. And if a person wants to have a successful marriage, keep all those other people out. And focus only on that, which is your end goal. What I really want. It's called sacrificing short-term gratification for long-term meaning. And that's it for this week you will find out more about the show, you can go to my website, raviolowski.com. You can make a comment, you can send an email. I just answered a whole bunch of emails. And I'm slowly making my way through. I think, I think I've think i actually knocked off a whole week of them. <laughs> Problem is they go back like about half a year. But anyway, um, you can send an email. You, you can uh, sponsor an episode. And that's it for this week. My name is David Olowski. And this is The Rabbi Olowski Show. It's the Rabbi Orlovsky Show. Torah and Simcha ready to go. It's the Rabbi Orlovsky Show. Knowledge and wisdom will help you grow. Lots of fun in every episode. And we don't have to rhyme. No more. It's the Rabbi Orlovsky Show. On rabbiorlovsky.com. Torah anytime. It's the Rabbi Orlovsky Show Torah and Silah Ready to go It's the Rabbi Orlovsky Show Till next time Till we meet again It's the Rabbi Orlovsky Show It's the Rabbi Orlovsky Show It's the Rabbi Orlovsky Show